You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 302, brought to you by the New York Comic Con. iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 302, Hoedown. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Senior Josh Flanagan. Hello. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was it's, just a, it's just a cartoon. Yeah. So uh, we are from the website iFanboy.com, which is a website dedicated to the wonderful world of comic books and comic book culture. And every week we rush to our comic book store, we buy a big stack of comics. And this month it is truly a big stack of comics. And we, we read them. And then one of us has the duty each week to pick what he feels was the pick of the week, the book that he enjoyed the most, and write a review of it on iFanboy.com. Then we come back here to this podcast to talk about it, as well as all the other comic books in the world. Uh, before we get to it and we hear what Connor's uh, turn at the Pick of the Week uh, rodeo this September, I want to warn you that uh, we're going to talk about what happens in the book, so we're going to spoil them. Uh, so be warned. If you haven't read your comic books, you might want to press pause, come back, listen later, um, or just live dangerously and deal with the spoilers. Uh, this week, uh, it was all Connor's. Connor's in the driver's seat. Connor's driving the bus. He's Batman. <laughs> I had a good week of comics. I didn't expect the second week of DC Books to be as strong as the first, but I was really pleasantly surprised by many of them, books I had low expectations for. So I actually had a really tough time picking uh, the pick of the week when I was all done. You may have noticed if you watched, it was out really late because I had a lot of books. It took me a long time to get how, through them all. How many total did you have? Uh, I had around, not as much as you. You had a lot, but I had 20, 24, 25 around I had there. 32 books this week. Holy yeah. Lord. Yeah. It was, uh, this is like seriously DC. Stop it. <laughs> this is, this yeah. is like we, it's, it's, we, it's week two, and now I'm no longer excited. And I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's uh, it's really never felt so much like a duty. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. I've I'm having a great time because the books are really good. So, but at the, when I finished my stack, I thought about the books I had, and and it came down to Demon Knights number one by Paul Cornell and Diogenes Nave. That's all really wrong. No, whatever. I was shocked. I was shocked when you told me. I wasn't. I was. I was. This, this let's, was one let's, of, wait, Connor, Paul and I are gonna, Paul. <laughs> Ron and I are going to argue about this for a while. Yeah, no, Go I, I was shocked. I am over it. <laughs> Argument started. <laughs> so Demon Knights, number one, was is tied into Stormwatch, which we talked about last week. If you remember from Stormwatch, there was a throwaway little panel that featured the Demon Knights. So apparently they maybe they're the start of Stormwatch, or we'll, we'll find out how they're t- tied into them later on, assuming the book gets that far. But somehow it's tied into Paul Cornell's other DC book. And this is the most fun I had reading a book this week. There was a lot of great books. There was a, there was a bunch of books I gave five stars to, but at, in the end, this was the one I enjoyed the most and the one that made me want to read the second issue the most. And Stormwatch was okay. I didn't love it, but I really loved Demon Knights. I thought it was handled better. In terms of here's the team, this is here's a bunch of people you don't know, and they've come together. And this was not your traditional gather the team issue. This was a bunch of people are in a random town that's about to get hit hard by an army, and they're, they're going to come together to fight this army. And it was funny, it was exciting, it was action packed. The art was fantastic. There was dragons. This was a fantasy comic in the guise of a superhero book, and it took place in the Dark Ages, which we talked about Justice League. We talked about. Action comics. This is the third book that doesn't take place in the "quote unquote" present of the DCU. Oh, that's a good point. For some reason, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's interesting that they're playing with time like that because most books take place in the present, whatever that is, and this is another one taking place in the past. And it features the Demon Etrigan and his other half, Jason Blood and Madame Zanadu, and the Shining Knight and Vandal Savage and some other new characters. I, I think are new because I've never heard of them. And I just had tons of fun with this. I mean, this is Paul Cornell. I thought at the closest he's come to being the Captain Britain writer that he was. It was funny. It was action-packed. It had a big cast. It had goofy ideas that worked. 
think and Excalibur is the uh, main through line there. Oh yeah, there you go. There's the connection, Excalibur. Nice, well done. Yes, there you go. So yeah. for me, this was like this was returning to that tone, that fun feel that Captain Britain had, and I enjoyed every moment of this issue. Um, it was I was you know looking forward to it, but I really was happy after having read it that it was much better than I thought it was going to be. Things things that were great about this issue, uh, John Borman. Uh, type Merlin hat, hat yes, thing. yes. Uh, you can't beat that. Uh, the the Mordru villain who just looked like every fantasy villain in my old comics ever, with that sort of the evil prince valiant variant. Yep, you know what I'm talking and about the, the goateeish thing. Yeah, yeah. The, pointy, the pointy beard. Yeah, yeah. Yep. De- Demon baby. Demon yep. baby's good. I don't think I actually knew that this was a team book. I just, just I thought demon. Oh, it's Zedrickin on the front. That's what it's going to be. And I never even thought about it or looked it up after that. But I also liked. Uh, I liked sort of not terrible Vandal Savage. Yeah. Like oh, he's he's kind of a good guy to hang out with at this point. This he's still kind of a lout. He's kind of a drunken. Yeah. He's he's the big time loud personality warrior type. I uh, I love the twist. Uh, that that uh, Etrigan is really the one that that uh, is yeah. Xanadu is Xanadu. after. Yep. That's great. Yep. That's, oh, I got to deal with that guy. Oh, thank God you're back. Oh, my lips are smoking. So, so how do you think this fares in a pre Game of Thrones world? Like, how this came out a year ago? Do you think? I bet it's it? easier to pitch it. You really think post, so? In, yeah. Oh, I mean, now it's easier to pitch it. You mean? Yes. Now yeah, yeah. it's you know fantasy doesn't do well despite what. Uh, Cross gen might have thought, you know, back then. <laughs> but um, it doesn't do well anymore in a comic in the comic in the mainstream comic world. But you've got a Game of Thrones post Game of Thrones world where people are into that, and you've got a company in DC that's willing to do a lot more genre play. Yep, they're they're doing a lot, which sounds like a sex game. <laughs> yeah, um, and both just see how fast Ron and I both were like, BBW. Uh, 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 uh. I'm, I'm really into genre play. <laughs> And I think so far, if you if you look at the genre play books, they've been some of the best ones in terms of Animal Man, Swamp Thing, and Demon Knights, and, and uh, some of the ones we'll talk about um, later on. But I like that they're playing with it. I like that they're giving them a chance. Will they survive? We'll see. But for now, they're really fun. And I think you could really tell how much fun Paul Cornell had writing a book that took place in the Dark Ages and features swords and dragons and things of that and magic and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this was a, it was I had a ton of fun reading it. It, it. it was one of the in my stack, the one of the surprises, one of the ones that I didn't quite know what to make of it. You know, I thought throwing together a bunch of the miss, you know, like Etrigan and Xanadu and, and Vandal Savage and stuff like that and throwing them in the Dark Ages. I was like, oh, that seems a little, you know, I don't know what it seemed like, but it just seemed. I was, it seemed like a great idea that, that no one would have read six <laughs> yeah, months ago. Exactly, exactly. But um, this is, and, it had, and you're right. It had that little Paul Carnell touch that ma- that that makes it so much fun to read. I mean, like even the little, like when they go to the inn and they see the, they meet the shiny knight and mm-hmm. the, the little the um the 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 whispering, you know, just nod and smile. You know, <laughs> like, I, I just, just one quiet pint. It's all I ask. Yeah, exactly. That's all yeah. I wanted. Like a lot of the the character interactions is what really I thought was the strength of this, and I thought the, the art was good. I thought this uh, Nev's uh, Neves guy is, is pretty pretty good. So, so ratings, ratings, ratings. So okay, so we're, so so if you haven't if you didn't listen to last week, we're going through all thirteen of the DC books this week, and we're going buckle to, up. We're going to rate them. We're going to rate them in the order: Connor, Ron, Josh. And then we're all, then we're going to say whether we're going to stick the stick with them or not. Connor, Ron, Josh. Okay, so we're okay. we're tightening it up here. So all right. So ratings, ratings, ratings. I gave it a five. I gave it a four. I would give it a four, leaning towards four and a half, but uh, for for the purposes of this four. All right. Uh, we're sticking with it. Yes. 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 All right. So uh, Demon Knights gets a gets the thumbs up, thumbs of approval, and boy, that made Paul Carnell happy. <laughs> I, so when I woke up this morning, I saw he was tweeting about it. I was like, "Oh, that's nice." It was, yeah. But anyway, fantastic, fantastic. Now, probably one of the most anticipated books this week was Batwoman number one from J. H. Williams the third and W. Hayden Blackman. They've taken over where Greg Rook and J. H. Williams le- left off. Finally, ten, ten or fifteen years ago. When did that book end? I don't. I don't remember. Jeez. Uh, now I know we, when Ron and I read this together, Ron was very excited. And tell us what you thought, Ron. Yeah. No. I. I it, and the thing is, is that we really shouldn't be surprised by it. Um, it's it just it's just a matter of like because you know so we got that fantastic Greg Rucka J H Williams detective run which featured Batwoman and we got a taste of it. It's if you read that it, this is going to be very 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 familiar to you. But after all the stop starts and stops and announcements and never happening and issue zeros and all this sort of stuff, it was just like 
amazing to actually be holding this in my hands and actually have it be happening and have it like be real. Um, and I thought J.H. Williams just exceeded the expectations. Like, cause one thing we built it up so much, we built that detective run to like, Oh, it was so amazing. And it was, the layouts were amazing and the art. And in this issue is it's as almost as if he didn't miss a beat. It was like two years ago. Yeah. And yeah, probably and, when he drew it. Yeah, it's true. But uh, almost to the point where I feel like he even, he even did it better. He even outdid himself with this issue. Um, what I thought was really interesting about this was, you know, so this is Batwoman in the, in the DCU world of the world of Batman that hasn't changed that much. But um, we get, you know, we got a little glimpse of some old characters that J.H. Williams used to work on that we haven't seen in a while in the DCU. Like Very exciting. Agent Chase and the, the creepy skull head of the DEO, which was awesome. Um, and it, for me, it all goes back to J.H. Williams, the combination of his layouts and his ability to switch styles. Um, and I actually... The, the painted stuff is fantastic, but I love the Dave Mazzuchelli-esque uh, cartooning when she's not Batwoman. Like, yes. that, 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 that's the stuff that really sung for me. Um, you know, so much so that I pulled it out. We, we featured the best of panels. I love the scene in the police department uh, with, the, with the black and white, with that moment. Like, well, in that moment, we also learned that Renee Montoya is dead in the new DCU. Exactly, exactly. Which is quite, quite the shocker. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't like this, did you, Josh? No, I did. I did. I don't think I loved it as much as it was like a chorus of, of huzzas from the internet about it. I think I – it was pretty good. It was, it was a lot better than I would have thought it would have been ha- without Greg Rucka involved. Yeah. Uh, because these are – these are – his characters, those are his voices, and people, people don't tend to sound like him very much. You know, so it was pretty good. It was a lot better than I, I would have given it credit to. I, this is, no one's going to agree with me. I felt a little bit like, like Ron, you said he was pushing himself to do more. I almost think like he was overdoing it. Really? I felt like every page had, it was, it was trying really hard to be, you know, fascinating and interesting to look at and dynamic and this thing. And I think I would have maybe liked to see him just pull back a little bit. Like, I know he can do it, but you don't have to on every page. I don't know if he's trying. I think it's the way he draws. Maybe, yeah. and maybe, you know, maybe that's the case. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely been amped up from the last time. Well, it's also the first issue. You want to you really get it, you know, with a bang. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was one of the best things, best comic books I've seen in a long time. I thought it was fantastic. Um like uh, without even hesitation, he put this on a clinic. So ratings, ratings. I gave this a five as well. I gave it a five, four. All right, sticking with it. Yes. Very uncharacteristically, yes. Yep. Probably right. one of the only bat books I'm sticking with. Now, now. When, when they announced the new DC books, they announced Scott Lobdell on Superboy and Teen Titans. Guys, let's give it up for Scott Lobdell. The surprise was, of the this bunch. Was awesome. Yeah. I, I was. I, I'm halfway through. I'm going. Wait a minute! I I believe I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm impressed by this. <laughs> this this definitely was. I, I want to. It sounds worse to say it, but it's it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. In no, fact, it was in good. Fact, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just remember Wednesday morning just being like, I needed to tell people. I know. Go just 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 go try Superboy. I and and it was like no, and I was like really, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it sort of came from out of nowhere. I, I didn't I don't know what to expect. I didn't have any expectations. Um I thought it was strong. The dialogue was strong, the the plotting was strong. If anything, like it was it was jam packed. If you look at the pages, they're just covered well, that, in letters. And that yeah, well, that was that was the thing that when I first read it, when Connor and I were up at the DC office and I read it, my my initial gut reaction was, Wow, that was better than I thought it would be, but boy is it wordy. Well, it's, yeah. it's the anti, it's the anti, de, you know, decompression. He was yeah. from the era before that, so he yeah. writes that in that era, and you get to really get your bang for your buck. This was very, it borrowed heavily in a good way. I think, I think this is a good thing from the Young Justice cartoon characterization of Superboy, and that he was a test tube baby. He was raised in the test tube. He was birth. He was educated. He didn't, he doesn't know much about the outside world or how to deal with it. Yeah. And I think that's a smart move to go that way because a lot of people watch the cartoon, and that's yeah. trying to get them to read the books. So this was a fascinating and very different Superboy than you're used to in the comics. Yep, I love the cover. Um, I thought the art covers. I thought, thought R.B. Silva was did some did some great a great job on the art. I thought, um, uh, yeah, and, and I, I kind of like the costume at the end of it. You know, like we, we the the red basically red and black. It's very you know kind of borrows from what we recognize from the old Connor red red logo and black T-shirt look from the yep. you know the the olden days. 
I think um, he needs some Z Cavarici jeans and some some pointy boots. So it looks like both of these books, this and Teen Titans, will be crossing over as well, which makes sense. The, the rumor is the redhead is Caitlin from uh, Danger Girls. Gen 13. Not Gen 13, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, Gen 13, really? Fairchild. Yes, Caitlin Fairchild. Whoa. That's the rumor. Interesting. That'd be yeah, cool. We'll find, that. we'll find out if that's true or not. But there really are a lot of words. Yeah. I didn't notice it when I was reading it. Like, I didn't feel it when I was reading it. I'm seeing it now looking through it. Yeah. So, um, ratings. I th- ratings. Ratings. I believe I gave this a four or five. I have to. Five is crazy. I was going to say four and a half. Okay. Four. Four. I, g- I gave it a four. Yeah, four. Four right. is right. Are you sticking with it? Yes. No. Really? Yeah, I can't be bothered. Okay. Josh? I, no, I, understand. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, but I could see myself going, okay, that's enough. Like, I enjoy it for, I could enjoy it for a little while, but not indefinitely. Yeah, that was my whole thing. Like, I'm glad it was good. I'm good, good on you, Scott Lobdell. Okay, fantastic. I don't need it in my world. Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of no, Nothing, Nothing against it. Not saying anything bad sure. against it. So. I give it a four for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of books that are like one more, one or two more issues depending on how good they are. Yeah, I mean, I mean let's let's be up. honest. I can't afford to buy 13 books from the public. I mean, it was funny because I was talking to somebody in, uh, today. And we were talking about the quality of the books and what were. And I, after the conversation, I thought about it. I was like, well, before all this, I didn't buy every book DC put out anyway. <laughs> like I bought, you know. <laughs> you do get a little weird, like yeah. oh, I guess I should. I guess I should help. I know, but no, yeah. wait, no. Wait a minute, I, no. Yeah. Well, it's funny because last week I, I, I had 10 of 13 as keepers, and this week I expected to have three, but I had a lot more. Yeah, well, we're, so we'll we're going to go through that as well at the end. So, All right, so moving on. Batman and Robin, number one. Pete Tomasi, Patrick Leeson, Connor. Um, how changed is the Batman world in Batman and Robin? Well, not very much. And that's, that's the funny thing is that I find myself, before the DC relaunch, Batman books were probably the strongest books in, in DC. And now I find myself the least excited for them because they haven't changed as much. Exactly, yeah. So the, the other books, I'm excited to see what's new and different and fresh and interesting. And whereas these books are pretty much continuing on, they're not bad. I just don't find myself rushing to read them. I'll, now it'll probably change when Batman comes out because Scott Snyder did the best Batman book before. But for now, up until this point, I'm least excited about the Batman books. This was a solid Batman comic. Yep. yep. There was nothing. You know, Patrick Gleason did a really good job. He's 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 yeah. he's well suited for the characters. Um, uh, you know. Now there was like an adjustment to Damien. Because I haven't been reading Batman and Robin, but <clears throat> I think before it seemed like he was off, and now it feels like they've reset him a little bit back in time. Like he was really disrespectful to everybody. Even like, like I thought it was actually kind of kind of too much that he was uh, sort of such a dick about Bruce's parents. Like yeah. I, I just figured like he's got at least some respect for his elders coming from where he did, even though he's dicky to everybody else. But uh, I, I don't know. It seemed seemed a little weird to me. Just me? No, no. It, it, I don't. We're gonna find out what Damien's like in this new world. But yeah. Then we we said before that Tomasi's Damien was a little bit off. Yeah. Before. But this is a different off. Like I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Which is fine. He can take it from however he wants from here. I don't really know. But if we're continuing forward, it, it felt like a, a little different. Yeah. Although I did like him sleeping ramrod straight on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, like with that, no covers or yeah. No. That yeah. seemed very appropriate. Fantastic. But it was it was a solid. Batman book is just not as exciting. I hate the three little lines in this just. I, I got to say, you know, Tomasi has not really excited me at anything. It's like, okay, it's good, but it's not. Or Yeoman. Yes. Yeah. You know, capable. Craft is there. I, th- I actually thought Gleason did a, a really pretty good job, but I wasn't reading this before, you know. Ratings. Ratings. I gave it a four. I gave it a three. Three and a half. Sticking with it? Yes. No. 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 All right. All right, then. Uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, number one. Jeff Lemire, Alberto Ponticelli. Jeff Lemire did last week's Animal Man. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And Alberto Ponticelli, he was the artist on... DMZ. DMZ. No, no, no. no, uh, no, uh, He did an arc, but uh, Unknown Soldier. Unknown Soldier, correct. Uh, Just right away, uh, again, this is a sort of different side of of Jeff Lemire, and everybody's talking about this is Hellboy in the DCU. I really want to focus on the most fucked up thing in this, which which is is the doctor turned himself into a little Japanese girl. He didn't turn himself. It happens randomly. Okay, well. His body regenerates regenerates into a new one. 
Okay. Well, every decade, still... every decade, I randomly generate a new body to act as my host. Yeah, yeah. So. I get it. It's, it. It was a listen. The writer made the choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I, I, this is not a criticism. I don't want it to sound like one. I've I've really struggled with this because I thought because I thought this was really good. Um, I really enjoyed reading it. I really enjoyed Ponticelli's art. I actually really liked the yeah. style. I like it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah like the whole also thing. Also very on DC Comics esque. Yes, very on DC Comics. Um, and I, you know, we talked about Frankenstein and the the you know the League of Monsters when during the not League of that's Marvel whatever what is the what is the what is the group of monsters that he works with Creature called Creature Commandos yeah Creature Commandos um, we talked about them during the Flashpoint thing how it was very Hellboy BPRD esque and so I got that but when I saw the little girl with a with a adult mind with a domino mask that looks like she walked right out of the Umbrella Academy. Mm. I went, oh, like it's really derivative. But like, but then there's the thing is like how many people read the Umbrella Academy? How many people are going to get that? You know, so that, well, that, that's, also like that, I think, isn't that image like, that's got to be like a manga thing. She's in a little sailor suit. Possibly. That's, yeah. I think that's, that's like, maybe that's like a trope. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the first thing I thought of, I'm like, I'm like, all right, Hellboy, BPRD, Umbrella Academy, like really, are we just taking all of Dark Horse like kind of ideas? But then, but then, but it was good. Like it wasn't bad. That's the thing. Um, like I like, I really like Frankenstein. I like his characterization of him. Um, I think he's doing right by it. I think this could be a lot of fun. But it was just I, like, you know, that's I, I just struggle with it. Anytime, anytime a book ends with a with a cellar full of children and an old woman holding a cross and tell, damning people to hell, that's that work. That's good for me. <laughs> uh, you know, for for me, like I I like Frankenstein. I like the Creature Commandos, but I like them for a miniseries. Yeah, I don't I don't see myself wanting to go. Like I don't, I don't know if there's enough for me to do ongoing. For, for me to be excited about it, because I already read Hellboy. Yeah, I feel torn because I like I loved the art. I love Ray Palmer being a supporting character. Yeah, in this. I noticed that. Yeah. I like the I like the Frankenstein character, and I like the uh, the whole setup that it's very on DC comics like. But yeah. do I love it enough to keep going with it, especially with, with all the other books going on? I'm not sure. All right. Well, ratings. Ratings. I think I gave it a four. A four. Yeah. Three, three and a half. You're sticking with it. Probably not, but I I uh, reserve the right to change my mind when I go. It's game to time decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm a yes. I'll stick with it. I'm gonna go with no. All right then. Wow. Josh is just taking a big axe to his DC pull list. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> wasn't much to it to begin with. Now, Grifter number one. Grifter is written by Nathan Edmondson and drawn by Cafu. Yep. Nathan Edmondson writes Ron's favorite. Little miniseries. Oh, about my favorite. It's one of my. No, you kept saying it's the you best said it thing. Over and over, over, over and over. <laughs> well, who's Jake That's Ellis? Yes. It, 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 at the time, it was the best thing at Image. So yeah. <laughs> you read you. Um, this uh, issue, uh, we find out Grifter is also Sawyer from Lost. Lost. Yeah, very much. That, so. <laughs> that is one awful logo. Yeah. Well, the, all the, lo- the, lo- the logos are rough. All the logos all are rough here and there. Yeah, they really are. Okay, let's let they did the all fifty-two in a day. So th- this wasn't this necessarily wasn't what I expected, um, but I I I liked it. I did it, it. It got me where I wanted to be with Grifter. <sighs> Silence. I, I, I really I was really looking forward to this, and I agree in the same way that it wasn't what I expected. I think. Yep. Um, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. I just think it's not there yet. Right, and uh, and that's the thing. And if you listen, did you listen to the "Don't Miss" conversation I had with Nathan? Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, if you listen to the "Don't Miss," he says that you know this is he's telling the story of how Grifter becomes Grifter, and and I'm and, I'm totally cool with that. I yeah. I love this character, and he's just not him yet. Yeah. And I can totally understand that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, I I you know it looked good. It was fine. Uh, did you guys? We're going to talk about another book later, but I was like, really, DC, you're going to put out two crazy guy on a plane sequences in the same week? Yeah. But, Huh. You, might, you might want to coordinate that. I d- Playing I d- on our modern day fears of flight. Yeah, exactly. I did like the Will Eisner esque uh, title, you know, within in the book, the yes. seventeen minutes. I thought that was yeah. cool. that was a nice little touch. I like Kafu a lot. I like Kafu a lot. Kafu's good. Yeah, um, he, he's a solid storyteller. Yeah, yeah. So ratings, ratings, ratings. ratings. I gave Grifter a four. I think I gave it a four. I would have said three and a half. All right, and um, sticking with it. No. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I really like this character, so I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to where it goes. This I just love the mask. It's really all about the mask. No, I I I like that he's. I don't know. He's very Wolverine like. He's very very yes. Wolverine like, yeah. but he's almost with a little Hawkeye too. Yeah, a little less compassionate. A little little Jonah Hex to him, really. Just yeah. uh, 
I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. So so we're sticking in. All right. In Deathstroke number one, Deathstroke falls victim to the disease of adding too many details to a costume that didn't need it. That's for sure. Whew. Um, <laughs> Death Deadshot has that happen to him later on in the stack yeah. of books. This was the written by Kyle Higgins, drawn by Joe Bennett. The, uh, where I did the who's draw? Oh, it's Joe Bennett. <laughs> I think a lot of these, uh, the Joe Bennett, the Joe Benitez, and another yes. guy yeah. mixed up. And I was like, oh, I don't mind this one. Nah, Joe Bennett's too angular for me. Um, it's better than uh, the other one, the one who does, I don't know. The, <laughs> that one. Who's on the Red Lantern book? See, the thing about, Ed, the thing about Deathstroke, Deathstroke is that I always thought the mask was like a cloth, like Deadpool kind of mask, not a flip yeah. up. Oh. Yeah, here he's got, he's got the, like the Wildcat, the uh, Casey Jones-esque sort of hockey yeah, mask. Yeah, it's too much. But, this is all too much. Like, look at this. Although thing. I did, yeah. Look I at just that last details. page. Look at that last page with the with the belt and the shoulder pads and the gloves and everything. Oh, my God. DC's bringing the 90s back. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed this more as I went along. I've always liked Deathstroke. I collected his, his – he had his own series in the 90s as well that I collected. I've, I, for some reason, always have liked him as a character, and I thought this issue – Ended. I don't know about the giant sword, yeah. but um, it ended strong. I thought um, this. I, <laughs> maybe it's my DC versus Marvel bias, or whatever. But this is not for me. I don't think that this is like giving. Uh, well, I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth here, but I'm like, this is like giving Venom a series, <laughs> even though <laughs> Venom is really good right now. But um, I just don't think that this is the kind of character that may, you know. He's he's a villain. He's you know, and yeah. and I think that this whole shtick is going to get old. So uh, yeah, I, this this wasn't for me. Says the guys been reading the Punisher for who knows how long. Yeah, I've never I'm, well, I've never been like a Punisher guy. I read it when it's I know. good. Yeah, like it's it's to me it's 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 one step removed from Punisher. Really, yeah. yeah. Somebody rep- somebody compared this to Punisher Max, and I was like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's about right. Ratings. Ratings. Oh, I wanted to actually mention oh. one thing. The, the one thing that I liked about it. Um, Josh, we're, we're in the ratings segment. Now. Well, you went too soon. <laughs> you, you went too soon. On page three, J. Jonah Jameson gets his head cut off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, I was like, he just needs a mustache. That's him. Uh, the one thing I, like those characters, the teens in this, the whole time I was like, this is awful. I hate these. Why are they? And then they killed them. And I was like, oh, I see. That was, I thought that was a nice twist because I was ready to it, just yeah. pan it. I was like, I hate this. This is yeah. terrible. Oh, good. He killed them. Yeah. You hated them too, but you made me sit through that. Quite <laughs> brutally. Yeah, that's totally cool. I like the, the, the panels of them being killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ratings. 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 I gave it a four. I gave it a three. Three. Uh, stick with it? Yes. No. No. All right. Green Lantern number one. Sinestro. The other series of books that aren't really changing at all from the previous run of comics, which they probably needed to the most. Yep. On the other hand, this was fun. This was the I've been saying this has been the best Green Lantern book I've read in a while, and this, it's funny because I saw a lot of people kind of complaining about it online, and and uh, some of the initial feedback I heard from some friends that they didn't really like it. That it blah blah. I thought this was it was fantastic. You know why? This was, this, yes, say why? Because I know it, what you're say. because it was just Hal Jordan. And Sinestro, and it wasn't a million and one different lanterns and a million and one different storylines to keep track of. You just have the fact that now Sinestro is a Green Lantern, and they don't know what to do with it. And Hal Jordan's back on Earth, and it's a sad sack with no money, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's what I thought was going to be the best because it's, sad, it's the return of sad sack Hal Jordan. Oh, it's I he's going to go live in on a park bench again. I just hope he becomes an ins- a toy salesman mm-hmm. or insurance salesman again. No, some other new job. Yes, exactly. What is the <laughs> a liquor distributor? Something. <laughs> he's going to be. He's going to do that. The, the work from home. You know the signs of the telephone poles. Yes. <laughs> it's a Ponzi scheme. My, fa- um, my favorite is my favorite is he takes Carol out to dinner and it's a nice he's in a suit and it's all nice and he, he builds up. He's like, Carol, I need to ask you something and she's like yes and he think he's going to propose and he asks her to co-sign a lease on a car <laughs> <laughs> who paid for dinner exactly <laughs> oh how um oh, how? I like, I, I like. this was fun and good because it was focused as ron said it wasn't mm-hmm. there weren't a million characters in it It was basically hal and sinestro and hal back on earth these are all the things i've wanted from green lantern for years and i had tons of fun reading this and i just love i love the touch of realism that hal's back in his apartment and there's a stack of bills unpaid and his rents because over- he's been in space for two yeah, years exactly yeah and his and his landlord is there he's like pay me and he's like i've been out of town like like how do you explain that Fuck when you, you pay me yeah exactly <laughs> so. i like i like sinestro in the hallway yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I've never seen him just standing in a hallway. Was he going to knock on the door when he got there? <laughs> exactly. And I like Jordan. Carol just driving off and how, all Hal can say is, but you drove me. 
<laughs> You're making me like it more. Right? I know. It's... Oh, it was fantastic. What, what we learned is that Hal's going to go through quite an arc in the next five years. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So ra- I, I enjoyed the hell out of this, yeah. Ratings. Ratings. Four. 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 Sticking with it? Yes. Yes. Probably. But it's I got a real short leash because of the past history of Green Lantern. Yes. Yeah, I just yeah. can't shake it for some reason, Green Lantern. I just can't shake it. What I On can the re- other oh, hand. What I can shake is. <laughs> Red Lantern's number one. P- I'm Pete not. And Ed Bennis. Or Benet. I'm not. I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> <sighs> I have a baby egghead. <laughs> oh look, it's a cat. I know. I'm over the cat. Oh, the cat. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I was all. I'm all about the blood. The blood kitty, but that was a bit much. I care not a lick for anybody in this book. Not yes, one. Not single one. Person. Yep, I'm right there not with you. One. And I like Peter Milligan, and I was kind of hoping yes. he'd go wacky with it, but it didn't. We didn't even get that. Oh, this to mopey. me is the most unnecessary book of the entire relaunch. Yep. Yeah. Totally. If you're trying to bring, you're trying to simplify and bring it back. You didn't need a Red Lanterns book. I feel like this is a book they had in place before, and then they had to bring it in because they had it. Yeah. What I, what I liked was the um what or what I didn't understand was the flashbacks to Atrocitus before, like where we understand how Atrocitus came to be what he is and how so you he, can relate to him, I guess. Well, no, but they show he's the, the puncher. They show the Manhunters, you know, ravaging his planet. And he's running around naked with a gun. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe that's how these aliens live. And then he gets to his wife and his kid, and they're all dressed. <laughs> like, like, what kind of planet is this? But uh, don't work uh, Yeah, so I don't know. It was just un- – I agree with you, unnecessary. And just and it wasn't bad. I mean, it was fine. I mean, it looked yeah. fine. It looked fine. It, it no. you know um, – I don't know. It just it just I didn't it didn't get engaged with it at all. So ratings, ratings, ratings. I gave it a two. I gave it a three. Dose. And sticking with it. No. 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 All right then. Is that the first all around? Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. What are we agreeing to? Uh, we're agreeing to not buy Red Lanterns. Are we agreeing Easy. that Mr. Terrific Number One was the most disappointing book? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. We all love Mr. Terrific from the previous incarnation in Justice Society. Great character, third smartest man on the planet, one of the leaders of the Justice Society, science scientist. <sighs> can I can I can I point out the two points that I thought that they lost me here? Uh, uh, unfortunately, what I know about London, I could fit in a two-part episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Keynote by Jamal, season five on Blu-ray. That doesn't belong there. <laughs> and then um, let's see. Oh, here it is. Quote, actually, a simple thanks, black guy, for saving us from the homicidal lunatic weaponized, wearing yep. weaponized body armor will do. Yep. Okay. And, and, also some, and also some, I don't know who Eric Wallace is, but I'm guessing he's not British because he wrote some of the most stereotypical British dialogue ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not even going to mention what, what the, the atrocity that done the Power Girl. Oh, my God. Wow! What is she wearing in those those like, those, uh, those those, so, those like she crashed elbow with, she, gloves she, in L.A. She crashed with them, and she's just wearing a basketball jersey. She crashed with them, and like, and you know, and uh, it's just it was just weird. It just the whole thing was just weird, and it was and Gianluca Gugliotta is was awful. It's all I mean, over the place. All over the place. I mean, the, the thing that the thing that finally got me for it was the last page. Like when when Michael Holt is standing over us, says to kill you, Senator. Like what? What is that? He doesn't even look like. I wasn't. Him. Yeah, I wasn't sure it was him. Yeah, it's, I know exactly. That's the that's the problem. I all over the map. This was this I, was this thing, like I really wanted this to be a good book because yes. I really like this character, and I didn't it didn't feel like the same character. Yep. No. It's just the rudiments of him, and then none of that. I, I mean, I don't know when this is supposed. To, I guess now. Yeah. Now. Now. So it's not like we're watching him from the beginning or whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it just had a lot of problems. Ratings. Ratings. Two. 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 Sticking with it? No. 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 All right. Um, now, I was absolutely perplexed by all the goodwill Suicide Squad was getting online because I thought it was the biggest pile of horseshit I ever read. Fun. Paul Brummy would agree with you. Tons oh. of fun. Wow. Josh, you explain. I actually did have fun with it because, like, again, I had no expectations for this. And I just, like, I didn't really know, I, I, I didn't have any expectations for the characters, and they were just all in a room, and I was just watching how they would react and getting to know them in that way. Uh, I thought, I thought, uh, there's a lot of talk about Harley Quinn being different or whatever, but as far as I can understand, her character was still kind of the same, and she'd yeah, been she through a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, she looks more I like the video uh, game version. 
Yeah. King Shark, actually. I, now that I that was really meat, 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 meat. meat. That's that was enough. Love that I was scene, like, yeah. I really had so, fun with it. I don't want in the vein of the Dirty Dozen and the other stories where you have bad guys come together to be good. This was a lot of fun. The characters were interesting. There's good characterizations. You found out how each one of them got in the team. Deadpool's horrific costume aside, I thought a dead shot, dead shot, Deadpool, whatever. Is there, is there a need for Deathstroke and Deathshot? Deadshot? No. Because I really I get. How does he sense. see? Through that little, just went through one. He's got two eyes, doesn't he? He's, yeah, he has no depth perception. Yeah, it's just oh my god. I don't know. I just it just beep, it, beep, it's beep, 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 similar to Deathstroke. It just didn't, didn't resonate with me at all on any level. And and like and not even and we're not even touching the Amanda Waller thing. I don't care about that. I don't. Care about uh, that. Yeah, exactly. But um, I enjoyed it surprisingly. Yeah. I wasn't expecting. I had a whole plan in action to be not reading half his books come next month. But, and uh, blown. Blown. Uh, ratings. Ratings four. One. Three and a half. Sticking with it? For at least one more issue, yes. No. I thought it might make a really great one-shot. So I don't know. They actually had a story yet. They yeah. Just had it. yeah, no, I know. Like, so for that, like, it's kind of okay. I don't know if I... I don't know. How, it's a game-time decision. All right. Probably not, but I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. So if, are you sticking with it? Probably not, is what okay. I just said. Okay. So if we're talking about um, logos, I love the Resurrection Man logo, by the way. Isn't it the old one? The yeah, yeah it's the old original one, but it's very Saul Bassy. Like, love I like, the little like, hand, yeah. It. Resurrection Man, the p- most pleasant surprise of the week. Love Dan, it. Dan Abner, Andy Landing, Fernando Dagnino, the story of a guy who dies and comes back with a new superpower every time he comes back. And I enjoyed the heck out of this and book. And the thing was is that this book came out in the 90s and nobody cared. And I really think it was a comic that like, it almost like was the right idea at the wrong time. And I, that, like now, just, now might be the right time. Everybody cares yeah. about everything he's putting out right at True. this moment. Well, that'll continue in a few months. We'll find out. But this was this was another supernatural horror esque title. Um, the Resurrection Man's souls being being claimed by heaven and hell because he won't die, yeah. and he's been both good and bad. And uh, it, I just I I was not expecting to love this, and I loved it. It was fantastic. It's just it was so it was it's just, I, I just love the the precipice of the world that we're on with this character and where it might go and what can happen with it. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Really didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It wasn't that it was bad. I just I just didn't connect with it. I just felt like I was looking at art from a 90s Vertigo book and I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't wasn't I, I wasn't into it. Right, I like the art a lot too. I love the art. Ratings. 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 I gave Resurrection Man a four. I gave it a four as well. Three. Sticking with it. Yes. Yes. No. All right. Three is a little high for not liking it. Um, I don't think it was bad. I just really didn't connect with it. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. Oh, no, that's fair. No, it's well, that's a good. That's a good. Good way to talk about the next book. Well, oh, no, really? Because I think I have a different point of view on that. Really? What is your point of view? I could. I could barely finish it. I could barely finish it either. I, like seriously. Seriously, re- yeah. Reading Legion is like one of the mo- like. I would much rather get a colonoscopy. It was. Uh, <laughs> this, this, I, this wasn't even. Just it was just this particular book. I think it was maybe very I don't know, but I was just like, um, when is this over? I, I read the other Legion book, and I think it's it's, 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 it's the Legion. <laughs> well, first off, going back to the logos, so can ABC sue over this, or it's just the Lost logo, right? I mean, I'm not crazy. It's like the same. No, part. they added they added the, the the fuse elements. Oh, I see. They added the flex and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I see. Um, this was just the art was bad. The story was bad. This was just bad. It was just bad. It was the very art confusing. Was bad, but, I didn't yeah. hate the art. I thought the art was fun. I, it was, you know, the concept is interesting. It's legionnaires from the future stuck on the present day Earth because their time bubble breaks, and that's, you know, that's interesting concept. Interesting setup. Very confusingly told. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ratings. Ratings. I think I gave Legion a three. I gave it a oh, two. No, I'm sorry. I gave it a two. I gave it a two. I gave it a two. Two. Stick with it. Oh. Fuck no. I barely can finish this one. <laughs> right. I'm not kidding. Like it, it took me a long time to read that. Direct book. your angry legion letters to Josh and Ron. Yes. Yeah, so we are 26 books into the new. We're halfway through, boys. We're halfway there. Oh God! It's reading 13 <laughs> books in a row. It's hard. It is. It's just, and it's not that they're even bad. It's just like oh, I just want to go do something it's else. Tiring, right tiring. But so yeah. So there, there you have it. So going through our stick with it, don't stick with it. How many are you sticking with this week? How many eight, are you not? Eight of thirteen. I think I was six of thirteen. Five. I'm um, si- yeah, confirmed. I'm six. So. I'm eight. So that's, so that's not the total for two weeks. I am twelve out of the fifty-two. I'm sticking with. I so. am twenty-one out of. No, that's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> 
I am 18 out of... <laughs> no, that's wrong, too. You are Connie, screwed. you're looking thin. I can't buy food. <laughs> 18 <laughs> out of 26. Jeez. That's actually not a bad plan. Josh? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember what I said last week. I don't tend to keep track like that. Sorry. Right, Was I supposed to? Yes, you are. Right. Preparation is the key for this show. It is. You do a script. If it's not my week, I just show up. All right. Well, so tune in next week. Keep that in mind for the next two weeks. And we'll review week three next week of the next 13 books. But uh, we've got more comic books. But first. Uh, Yes, we are brought to you today by the New York Comic Con. NYCC is coming on October 13th through the 16th. That's right. Four days at the Javits Center in New York City. Tons of comic guests like Frank Miller, Jeff Johns, Frank Quitely, Jason Aaron, Robert Kirkman, Karen Gillen, Jim Lee, Mike Mignola, Scott Snyder. And many, many more. There's That's a lot of people. That's an impressive list, even just in a little bit. Uh, media guests include people like Mark Hamill. He played Luke Skywalker. Rose McGowan, Kevin Smith, and Jason Mewes. Uh, and uh, they were they were Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, you can order tickets before September 18th, which when you listen to this will be right about when you're hearing it. Uh, and it's just $65 for a three-day pass or $85 for a four-day pass, which includes first dibs on show exclusive, first access to the show floor, and guaranteed entry to the kickoff concert uh, on October 12th with DJ Z Trip. So go to NewYorkComicCon.com to buy tickets. All right. So some other, once again, some other books came out this week. <laughs> and honestly, like... Again, some big ones. I know, yeah. yeah, I know we talked about last week about how I thought last week was a really strong week, despite, you know, even beyond the DC stuff. This was like a comic book cl- collector's dream this week. <laughs> there were so many good books, so much interesting stuff was happening. Um, but probably the most, aside from DC, the biggest news one was Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Well, I haven't heard of that book. No, nothing. Nothing. Uh, this was fantastic. This yeah, was there's a, there's a Chinese Spider-Man. What's going on in this book? Miles Something Morales like becomes, well, will, will become the new Spider-Man. And uh, this was your introduction to him and his world. And I found every part of it fascinating. And the Sarah Pacelli art was to die for. This, this was, I gave this book a five. I mean, this was, yes. this was as perfect of a comic book as you could expect. And it, it even had that sense of wonder that we had from Ultimate Spider-Man first started. Remember, like, the first, first couple issues came out. We're like, hey, this mm-hmm. is really good. Like it had that moment again, and it just it felt really exciting. Yeah, five stars. This is my pick of the week. I I, I loved every bit of this. Uh, it was the oh, so you're not kidding about Sarah Pacelli and the and the little dot pitch that she put in in different places throughout it or a colorist somebody whoever did it. I liked it. I liked that uh, Miles had a different power set. You know, something we don't really we didn't yep. really know. Invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I even loved. I even loved like when we saw when the the somebody broke into when you know when his uncle breaks into. Uh, Osborne's lab and the spider climbs in his bag, but he's got like, is he the Prowler? Is he Deadpool? Like what? Like like I just there were like still hints at the Marvel universe, but it was enough to still feel like com- it was something completely new and separate. Like it was, and I thought it had echoes of Spider Man, but wasn't trying to do exactly what Spider Man was. And that yeah. there's an uncle involved, and the, you know, it's, like it's the because every other comic book we read, we pretty much know exactly what's going to happen, yeah. and I don't know anything about this, and I, and I love the the expectations of it. Yeah, we just don't know. Yep. Yeah. So talk about fun. It was just it was just great. So five stars. Good job. Bravo. Um, and it's it's almost like you feel bad because like with all the DC stuff, it's like oh, do I, totally I, drowned out. Yeah, totally drowned out. I, I think yeah. he's going to be doing fine. Yeah, I think he'll be fine too. Good song. Speaking of yeah. five stars, Probably. Criminal: The Last of the Innocent, number four, ended <laughs> its short four run. I thought it was perfectly yep. length. There Perfect. was no, no no filler, no nothing, no fat to cut. Cut. It was just it was a quick and dirty story. And in this issue. Um, Archie outwits Encyclopedia Brown and teams up with Richie Rich to bring down, yep. uh, <laughs> to bring down uh, Mr. Lodge. And uh, I thought it ended really well in a way that people really expected that um, uh, Ron Richards, Ryan Richards, whatever. The fuck <laughs> Riley, <they were>. Riley Richards. <laughs> that Riley Richards was, was going to get it. Was, something bad was going to happen to him. But really what happened was something worse happened, which is that he had to kill his best friend yep. in order to keep his story and his cover and his freedom. So it wasn't like he got found out at the jail. No, worse than that was he killed his friend and now he lives in a delusional world where he has slowly become the cartoon character that he remembers. Yeah, and uh, this is, I mean, this is, we said it when it started and it totally ended up being this is the best criminal story arc of the whole run. Um, and I love that there was a little tie back to all the other stories. You see Teague Lawless, yeah. yep. which is cool. Um, you know, get it, but it didn't detract from the story. We it wrapped up the 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 the, uh, the crime itself, and it, you know, and it all the all the 
all the players played their pieces and the story went went through and a couple of twists and turns stuff i didn't expect and i i love this loved it so the, the best criminal arc i yeah, think hands down hands down very Wonderful. good speaking of very good uh another five-star book uh scalp 52 and i i just i i you can tell things are uh things are coming up, to a head and it's so flipping satisfying I mean, it, it really is. And I got to say, I, gotta, I don't want to uh, – at one point, Red Crow says, where the fuck is Shunka? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you, you don't want to know, bitch. This this said uh, the, the cliffhanger of the week. This is this is the one where I most was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, which maybe Red Crow has been shot or made by his once loyal bodyguard. Or maybe not. We'll find out next month. But yeah. Dash doesn't uh, have a line in the whole thing because he's been shot through the mouth. His jaw's been wired shut. But he was very funny in – <laughs> I love the scene with him and Nitz, where Nitz couldn't figure out what the fuck he was saying, what yeah. mean to say. He's just that's fine, car- fine. That's cartooning. Yeah. I mean, like that's that's so good. Like the just the comic book sort of storytelling of it uh, is totally impressive. Just oh man. So I'm we have about a, eight. eight eight issues left, and we can tell. And that's a lot of that's a lot of issues left. So we got the origin of the nunchucks. I don't want to leave that out. Yeah. So they returned is- from the first issue. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he, he used them to, to a very satisfying effect in this issue. So there you go. Fucking shout. Number 52. Excellent. Really, really very excellent. Um, so New Avengers number 16 was uh, – there's a lot of hubbub made about it because it was the Daredevil joins the Avengers uh, story as Bendis and Mike Diodato tell it. And I, I got to admit, like I, I think of all the Fear Itself crap that's been going on, Bendis has – done the best with it because he's told these little side stories that's yes. happened in the setting of fear itself but you know um and this one got me a little choked up i'll be honest with you because it was just like so it was just it was just daredevil being daredevil like he doesn't know what's going on all he knows is that someone's attacking a city so he fights some nazi robots he kicks some ass he shoots a machine gun and then his thought is oh shit is anyone looking looking after luke's baby yeah like and it was well, it was such an angle that I would never have thought of, and by the end of it, I was like, "Oh my, Matt, Matt's awesome." <laughs> there were two great things about this issue. One, you can really first of all, it's great to have Bendis writing Daredevil. Again. Yes, yeah. You can really tell that he loves the character, as evidenced by the strut when he blows open the wall of the yep. Avengers Mansion and struts in 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 a three or four panels in a very badass way. And that was awesome. that was to me the moment where I was like, "He loves Daredevil." Yep. He's made that devil super badass, and it was fun. I mean, it's, the joke is that last one who who hasn't been joining the Avengers, please shut the lights off. But yeah, you know, it's so what? It's it's who cares? It'll, yeah. be, inter- it'll be interesting. And I I, I really like the the way he framed it with you know the, the talk about what makes an Avenger and Hawkeye making the point going yeah you know do the Avengers deserve Daredevil? No, like does Daredevil deserve the Avengers? But really, do the Avengers deserve Daredevil? Which took it to a different level, and um and I also thought it fits in with what's going on in the Daredevil title with Wade. It, you know. Tied mm-hmm. it. He even said when at the end when Luke and and Jessica give him his membership card, he's like, "But Cap doesn't like what I'm doing." And Cap, you know, yeah. like it, you know, so it was a reference to what's going on. It fits in the Marvel universe. Um, it was just it, uh, this really surprised me how much I like this issue. Indeed, uh, yeah, awesome. Um, I assume you guys didn't keep reading twenty seven. I did. No, I didn't. I dropped of off. Of course, yeah. I uh, I know that like one of the things that that you guys and, and me to a lesser extent, not so much into the supernatural part of the whole thing. Um, but uh, the first issue of the second set came our second series. They're couching it in musical terms. Came out, and uh, I, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was a, it was smaller, and it focused on the idea of having been a former you know famous musician and, and having to reinvent yourself. I I love musician stories, and I, I thought that there were a couple of really nice uh, personal moments in this where where the the character uh, like he really knew the character, and uh, it was it was I thought it was an improvement. It was better. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I liked the turnaround in the club a lot uh, by the band who basically sold them out completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a fun issue. Damn sizing, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why? <laughs> uh, <Anyway. laughs> uh, the unwritten number 29, I, I don't know if we talk about this all that much, but uh, the last cover uh, on the last one was like like a Joe Simon, Jack Kirby superhero comic, and this one was like a crime romance book. Great uh, covers they've great had. Cover. Oh, yeah, great uh, beautiful. Um I've really enjoyed this little story that's sort of been in the past about this woman who's a cartoonist and she's famous, but she's using her next door neighbor's name because women wouldn't have been able to do cartoonists. And you're you're just starting to understand instead of uh, the main character Tommy completely denying everything and not being like he's he's into it now. He's got control of what's going on, and 
like things are moving forward and and it it's gained a little momentum and uh i think for a while there wasn't a lot to talk about with it but um it's like coalescing. It's becoming clear. And, and, you know, 30 issues in, but uh, this is actually a really fun issue, and so is the one before it. Cool. Um, talk about fun. Uh, Buffy Season 9, uh, I want to say Episode 1, but Issue number 1 was a blast, and it really is because Joss Whedon wrote it. Like, there's something about these characters that sing when, we, when Whedon is putting words in their mouths, and um, this picks up where the last Season 8 left off. They're all in San Francisco, and they're trying to get back to a world. They're trying to get back to a life without magic, and uh, th- this whole uh, issue was centered around a party that Buffy threw at her apartment and woke up the next morning hungover, can't remember what happened, and the, so the, the story is interspersed with moments from the party, and there were just laugh-out-loud moments They were great. Like, I can hear the characters talking as I'm reading it. I thought George Jonti, um, he kind of, his style's a little rougher than it was in the last uh, go-around, um, but I actually liked it, and, you know, it's just more Buffy goodness. It was a good start for the, the season nine, so uh, I liked it. I cut my ties. You did? It was good. I made, I made it, it through fun. the five-year season eight, and that's enough <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. I, I, I don't it. need to be almost 40 by the it's time. One of those, it's one of those Winterfell seasons. It was really, yeah. ki- really kind of exactly. funny. It was really kind of funny because when I was reading it, I realized how much I've missed it since season eight ended, even though we joked about it dragging on and all stuff like that. I was like, oh, I missed these comics. So I'm glad that it's back. Season nine is coming. Yes. So, okay, so those are all the comics that we enjoyed this week. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and you can see all the comics that came out, and you can do your pull list and rate and review them and things like that. Um, and you can also make you, you can deem what book is your pick of the week, and we're going to go through the top five picks of the week from the iFanboy community. And number five is Criminal, The Last of the Innocent. Number four, 6.4% of you thought it was your pick of the week. And I'm hard-pressed to disagree with you. Um, number four was Uncanny X-Force, number 15, at 7.5%, which we didn't talk about what was still awesome. That comes um, out every week. It's like a weekly. It's amazing. But th- this one, Remender got heady with this one. It was like it was crazy. Yeah, starting to lose me. This oh, book. I loved it. Oh, it was great. I loved every minute of it. Um, Ultimate Comics Spider Ultimate Comics Spider Man number one uh, was the number three pick of the week, and that was sixteen with sixteen point one percent. The number two pick of the week was Connor's pick of the week, uh, the I Fanboy pick of the week, Demon Knights number one with nineteen point eight percent. And the number one pick of the week across the I Fanboy community at the time of recording was Batwoman number one with thirty point four percent. People love the Batwoman. I like that. I like that they get spread out a lot. Yeah, I like the people who are trying new things. That's yeah. good. And the the community reviews on iFanboy amongst the users have exploded, uh, mm. which is awesome to see so many people writing so many great reviews. Um, and they don't always write about good books either, though, which is cool. I would gladly read this sure, one. Sure, go for it. Uh, Retcon on Fear Itself number six uh, gave the story a one out of five and the art a four out of five. And the pick of the week percentage, someone picked it, was uh, two-tenths of a percent. And he says, Fractions Captain America comes off like a cross between Toby Keith and a WWE wrestler. A cacophony of gun-toting bluster and empty threats. Odin continues his role as the official pincushion of the Avengers Big Three in this issue as Cap takes his turn screaming at the All-Father. Meanwhile, the other heroes stand around looking equal parts angst-ridden and bored except for Thor who looks like he needs some warm milk and a nap. Who can blame him? This book is so wooden and devoid of life that I'd have dropped it after the first couple of issues if not for the gorgeous art of Stuart Eminent. Um, this was the issue where I finished it and I echoed Josh from a couple of issues ago where I'm like, well, this is horse shit. I dropped it. I dropped this would be the first event I've dropped since before Civil War. Yeah, this yeah. is this. This was my big problem with this is I read this and I was IMing my friend as, uh, when I finished it. And I was like, I don't know who these people are, but they're not Spider-Man or Captain America. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just the know. characterization is so far off. It's like, it's amazing. So... I, I dropped after that other one, and, and I, 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 I don't – I have no I, – I, I was like, is this still going on? Yeah, it can't be it over was, soon enough. Like this person who hated it, you're still buying it for art? Yeah. It, you know, like yeah. just stop. Just stop now. You don't have to finish. No one said you had to finish. Not good. Especially since they added three issues to the end of it, so it's really a nine-part yeah, series. it's ridiculous. Or a ten-part series? Ten-part series. I just want it to be over. All right, our next review comes from Cabernet Franck. Um, who, good work. Look at you. Yeah, how about that? It was really good. Who reviewed Optic Nerve number 12 and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. And, and 0.8% of you made it your pick of the week. And Cabernet Franc says, The angst and mis- misanthropy. Uh, there goes any goodwill I just had in pronouncing. The angst and mis- what is that word? misanthropy. Misanthropy that pervades his earlier work is not present in these stories, which I found relieving. Adrian Tomine continues to demonstrate his keen eye for humanity with excellent character studies, but these two are funnier and seem less mean spirited. Go- gorgeous art as usual. 
people. And that sums it up great. Uh, he takes a, takes a page from, I think, Dan Klaus' book. Uh, in, so Optic Nerve had two stories in it. Um, none, they weren't autobiographical. One, the first story was a, um, was a, almost like a newspaper strip-esque format. And there was a series of four panel, uh, comic strips. Um, and then every, every six it gave us a full, co- a full page, full color one. So it was almost like you're reading like a week work of the comics and there's the Sunday comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about a guy who's trying to make sculpture out of, uh, plants and it was hysterical and it was very, uh, very biting on society. It was all right. But the second story, Amber Sweet was just amazing. A full color story about a girl who looks just like a porn star and how it ruins her life. And it was just that Adrian Tomine touch of reality and ability to tell, you know, like slice of life stories. And it was just, it was fantastic. Um, I got to say that that, that Cabernet Franc uh, description of it really uh, strikes a chord because that was the thing. Like, I could totally respect the guy. I love the way his artwork looks, but I'd read it and I just like, well, I feel terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, this this didn't have that feeling at all. At all. Wow. So, that's yeah, really cool. I'd say pick it up. Maybe marriage has changed him. Yeah. I think it really has. And it's funny because actually, after the letters column, there's, um, there's a series, there's two pages of one, two, three, four, five, five line strips, like filled two pages flat of the autobiographical stuff. And it's him talking to people about like, oh, what are you going to do next? And him going, oh, I guess I'll just do another issue. And it, this is the autobiographical stuff. And it reminded me of that wedding book. Um, yeah. And I think getting married has changed him and he's getting older and, and it's it's a little bit different now. Um, and it's interesting to see him evolve in his, in his comics. So, yeah. See, I would pick that up. Yeah. You know, if I knew he was, if he was more towards, you know, less miserable and more towards interesting, I'd probably honestly, keep, I would say, go, that I would say go, go pick it up. It's it's really interesting. It's really good. Can some can? Yeah. You know, he's got fans of it around for like, oh, he's totally sold out. No, no, he just he grew up some or changed. It's always okay. happy. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I thought about it. I saw it at the store, but I didn't. I didn't grab it. Oh, you should grab so, it. Let's go back. I had a billion books. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, that's it's, that's a good reason not to. Also, it's totally worth it, though. So yeah, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can uh, write your own reviews and do your own pick of the week every week. We love to know what you think. And we're not done. No, we're not. No, we're no. not. We have to talk about the book of the month, and we're not going to do it for long because it's, it's our. We're, we're, <laughs> Connor, get on with it. Green River Killer, a true detective story, was the book of the month. It's from Dark Horse Comics, written by Jeff Jensen, who writes for Entertainment Weekly, and drawn by Jonathan Case. And the Green River Killer, if you don't know, was a serial killer in the Seattle area for many years who um, is, uh, was convicted of murdering 47 women. He may have, he confessed to murdering over 70. They think he murdered over 100. Jesus. Um, and it's it's not so much a thriller. It's not about finding out who the killer is. We, you figure you find it out pretty quickly. In fact, you even meet him as a teenager in the first scene, which is really creepy and chilling. But it's more about the toll that the, the investigation takes on the lead detective, who was Jeff Jensen's father. So it's a story about his dad, really. Um, and he even talks about in the afterward about how he wrote the book to understand his dad better. And it really is a fascinating look at uh, a, a decades-long serial killer investigation and what yeah. that does to you. And there's lots of interesting things. And it's, it's a very, it's not so much scary as it is very uncomfortable, especially the scenes with Gary Ridgway, who was the Green River Killer. Um, he is a bizarre, he is almost a textbook serial killer, sort of very awkward and weird, but also capable of being really nice and charming, but, but also capable of having, just being devoid of emotion and feelings and empathy. And it's very interesting because for a while he lives in the, he lives in the police station. They had to secretly question him so they built they took one of the offices and they converted it into a sort of a makeshift cell and had him live in it for a while while they were interrogating him so he's like sitting there eating breakfast and they see him they can see him through the doors hey bill and uh it's just it's just creepy it's a really creepy book if you find this kind of serial killer story or or um sort of abnormal psychology of a you know thing interesting it's a very interesting and it's also the art is fantastic sort of looks like early somni work um, very shadow heavy it's a black and white book well it, it almost reminded me like I was flipping through it at the store after after you wrote the review I was like oh yes I want this and I was flipping through it and it's almost like uh, it, it reminds me back when we first discovered Torso by Bendis yes yes like it had a very a very Torso feel yeah it's, it's, uh, it's how big is the book yeah it's an OGN it's a, it's 200 plus pages okay it's um I couldn't tell you exactly it's 234 pages. Is it, so straight, it's, up, it, is it straight up n- narrative, like, you know, beginning, middle, and end, or does it have, like, because uh, I know that he did research and stuff for it, so are there parts that aren't sort of straight up story? Well, it's, 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 it's hard. It's not a traditional narrative because it's about mm-hmm. a decades-long investigation. It opens with a, 
uh, attempted murder that, that Ridgeway tried to commit when he was a teenager, and it opens with meeting uh, the, the detective when he's in college and tracing his life through to becoming a detective, and then he catches the case that becomes the serial killer task force investigation, and then that leads through the through the years to finally catching him and then interrogating and getting him to admit his and then finding the bodies. I mean, it's it's a complete story, but it's it's a long story, so it's not your traditional sort of. And, it, and, it, and it's all a true story. I mean, all yes, true absolutely. Story. And it's very you can tell there's lots of very true details that feel true because obviously his dad was there, so he was able to get lots of you know sort of very specific sort of details about people and things and. And uh, if you enjoy that kind of story, it's a, it's a wonderful. It's really creepy. I was That's I was true, sold by the solicit. Creepy. So yeah, it's, it's if you if you enjoy those Vertigo crime books, this is a better version of those books. They even even kind of looks like it in the, in the way the art is. It's cool. very similar. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, I'm definitely adding it to my list. I definitely want to check it out. Dark Horse OGN. I'm really happy that people are still putting out these high quality OGNs. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's an important part of it's an important sector that has to you know that should be out there. Yep. Um, so I'm glad I'm glad to see that come out. And, I, and the true crime stuff. I mean, I know we the, all that's one one of the genres that the three of us eat up. You know, like with a spoon, like we love it. Um, so yeah, I, can't I think it's interesting, Ron. But you don't you don't really like you don't like fictional crime, but you like true crime. Yeah, I like I like historical stuff. I like I, 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 I yeah. can see that. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, like Zodiac. I love that movie. Oh, I like true crime better than fictional crime. I know yeah. that. Yeah, me too. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's definitely it's on my two read list. I can't wait. So. Check it out, Dark Horse Comics. Yeah. Cool. All right. So Good skipping emails, skipping the voicemails because we're long because it's DC month. It is and long and tiring month. Good. Yeah. So we're we'll, we'll get back to your emails, and voicemails, probably in October. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So keep keep on writing in at contact.ifanboy.com and email us at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Maybe on a light week we'll do like an email dump. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll just do a whole episode of emails, no comics at all. Oh. No, why would we do that? I don't know. <laughs> that would be a, that's a horrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, we also have another podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss, which comes out uh, every Monday, um, ostensibly, and it's where we talk to a creator about one comic coming out that, that you definitely don't want to miss in the past two weeks. Uh, we talked to Nathan Edmondson about Grifter, and before that we talked to Jeff Lemire about Animal Man. So this coming Monday we are not talking about a DC book. Uh, <laughs> Scandal. It was. It was hard. Yeah, it was very They're hard. everywhere. No, but actually, one of the books that I'm one of the, the new number one first issues of a series that I'm very excited about that I really want everyone to check out uh, a book called Near Death. Uh, Near Death number one coming from Image Comics, written by Jay Ferber, uh, drawn by an Italian guy whose name I cannot pronounce, and neither could Jay. When you listen to the interview, you'll hear. But um, if you speaking of crime stories, if you like crime, you're gonna definitely want to check out Near Death. So this listen, is- to I fanboy don't, don't miss to hear all about it. This is a departure for for Ferber. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and and he nailed it. He it's yeah, like and like the I've, thing the thing is what what's great about it is that it's not noir. It like it reads like an eighties crime action TV show. Like Magnum. Yes. Yeah. So awesome. So yeah. So, awesome. so definitely uh, tune into iFanboy. Don't miss. You can catch that on iFanboy.com on Mondays, um, or you can subscribe to it in iTunes. iFanboy. Don't miss. Subscribe today ifanboy.com is of course where you can find all of that stuff you can find Connor's pick of the week review you can find the book of the month review that we just uh, talked about and lots and lots of talk about the uh, all the new DC titles among many other things uh, but if, if you haven't been by you can you can sort of see it's interesting right now because people are pulling their new books and I've, more people are leaving reviews and stuff like that and we were tallying up the numbers and looking at sort of what's been the big surprises and the ones that were disappointing and all sorts of stuff so keep your eyes on that and then all the other stuff there is other stuff going on in comics and we are actually let's, let's not gloss over that if you don't go to iFanboy regularly what we're doing this whole month is we're tallying the stats on these new DC books pulls reviews ratings so if you don't go there normally and pull and review, review and rate go there and do that so we can see what, what's up and what people think of the DC books. So you just even if you just pull and rate, you don't have to review if you don't want to. But and, and the and the thing is that even if you hear this and you kind of go, oh, whatever, like just so you know, like the the, the creators and publishers, they're looking at what you're pulling and rating, and yeah. and we you know and so like you have a direct opportunity to give direct feedback to the people making these comics of which ones you like and you don't like. And so. all, you know, and also like when you have hundreds of people rating a book, that rating tends to be pretty spot on. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's one of the really interesting things. Uh, so you can go to there and uh, you can find all sorts of links to us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, all things like that. Uh, and you can go to twitter.com slash ifanboy if you want to follow us or facebook.com slash ifanboy. Uh, you can also find the video show there. Last week we talked about All Ages Comics, which is Connor's funniest performance ever. Thank you. Absolutely. It was, it was an entertaining edit. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, – 
next week, uh, the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just invalidated the entire show right yeah, now. There you one, go. One phrasing. Oh, Email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Call us at 888-FANBOY-3262-697. Questions, comments, concerns, and Ron's going to do an all-email show on his yeah, own. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Call um, in for Poughkeepsie. And, and if I do, you can then go to iTunes and write a glowing review of that episode or just write a review of iFanboy in general, write a review of iFanboy Don't Miss, write a review of, uh, don't, of Tom vs. Aquaman, of Word Balloon, of 11 O'Clock, of all, of all the other great podcasts out there, even podcasts not even about comics like Mike and Tommy Snacks. Just write reviews on iTunes. It helps people discover new shows, um, helps get the word out, and also help us get the word out by telling your comic store, tell your buddies who read comics, the message board you're on that's not iFanboy.com, tell them to go to iFanboy.com and check all the things out we really uh are here because a lot of you have helped to get the word out we really appreciate it and don't stop now we can't stop the momentum together the i fanboy <laughs> joe mentum oh, no <laughs> what no we're not don't associate us with joe mentum i'm sorry <laughs> what oh <laughs> sometimes i don't know where it comes from i'm really tired all right so uh so t- 26 books in the can in dc we're gonna we've only got 26 more to go so tune in next week um, when we get dive into week three of the new 52 as well as all the other books come out i really hope i don't have another 30 plus week the month. whose week is it uh josh hey. yeah Ooh, josh is yep Interesting. Ooh. Batman. Scott Snyder Batman week. Ooh. Batman. Justice League Dark next week. Yeah. Ooh. Next week actually is a good week. Next week is. Uh, like that. Well, there's been something interesting each week. Yeah. Yes, there has. Um, but that's that's three in a row for DC, by the I, way. I'll give you. So I, I read next week's books already. And I will give you there was a book that did not live up to my expectations. And there was a book that exceeded my expectations. And they were the same book. <laughs> <laughs> think so, about that kid chew on that oh my god so, until next oh week, my god until next week i'm ron i'm connor what happened we'll see you next week